0: good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, near or far, high or low, you're listening to the Coach D podcast, a very special series that I'm doing called the She Got Game series. And to kick it off, we have the one, the only Kyla Nelson that has joined me in the studio. So before we even start, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, Kyla.
1: Of course, thank you for having me.
0: Of course, of course. And before we even get Started. Um, I just want to kind of give the listeners a, a brief intro of how I became quite familiar with your family. This was a couple years back, very, very early in my um, coaching career. I remember um, seeing your older brother Luke Nelson play. Um, I believe it was England under 15s. I want to say oh, wow. at, the t- um, at the time. This was under Steve. Bucknor, and if you had told me that there was a younger sibling in the making that was going to follow the same path like I was absolutely surprised so before we even get into the topics for today like growing up was there any um wait what's the um how many years apart is it between yourself and um Luke? I went two and a half years apart okay okay so not that much so was there any um what's the road was there any expectations in terms of you having to live up to your brother or you kind of just had that mindset from yes my brother is a professional he he's gone along the player pathway but i'm kind of gonna find my own game and and not you know lean into the pressure too much um i
1: don't think there were any external like expectations i think Once I figured out basketball was the route I wanted to take, of course I wanted to kind of reach where he was. Not Mm -hmm. just because he was my brother, but because he's done a lot in the game. So I guess there were personal expectations, but nothing externally. Apart from no one remembered my name. I was either Luke Nelson's sister or Steve Nelson's daughter. So I kind of had to try and change that a little bit.
0: (laughs) Right, of course, of course. And just to go through the achievements. When I was doing my research, I had to literally shake my head in. Amazement. So, just for the listeners, in case you um, don't know about this great player, named most valuable player of the 2015 championship game, a 73 54 win with the team and average highs of 19 points and 9 rebounds she helped oaklands reach a undefeated season in 2014 and 2015 and kept the campaign with a women's national trophy and it doesn't stop there i'm still going through the list we have uh, we have she was captain great britain under 18s national team in 2015, which I'm going to get into that in terms of the role of a captain um, a little bit later in the show. She led the squad to a fifth place finish at the 2016 FIBA Under-20s Women's Division B Euro Championship. So that is that is quite a list of achievements. And of course, that's that's just the start. You have many, many more to come. So the first thing, um, Kyle, I would like to ask is... What was those first images of basketball like and the experiences that you had?
1: You mean uh, growing up? Yes. Um, It was interesting. I mean, I was lucky enough to be around the game from a young age uh, right. with my family. But when I started to actually want to be a part of a club, I was about seven, and there was no girls' programmes around me. So I played with boys from the age of seven to... Thirteen-ish. That was okay. kind of how I started. Yep.
0: Wow. So then, um, when you say there was there was no, was it in hindsight, was it a benefit that you was able to play with boys at an early age, just in in terms of obviously boys being um, a little bit more physical and you and you kind of have to earn your keep um, on the court? What, did you kind of use that to your advantage?
1: yeah for sure and i think at that age you don't really think oh i'm a girl they're boys you know what i mean it was just kind of basketball and it kind of it definitely helped me with my physicalness and kind of everything was faster so i had to kind of think faster and use skill rather than athleticism which i still don't really have Um, (laughs) (laughs) no i mean i think it was great for me on my journey i'm not saying it's everyone's it's going to help everyone but i mean for me i think it was all positive and i would have played for longer if basketball england would have let me
0: (laughs) right right and was there because i've um have I've um had some conversations in the past with women and they they um always tell me that moment where cause you know how it is sometimes when you step on the court and they kinda see you as a girl, which they mm-hmm. shouldn't, and they're like, okay, let's just take it easy. And and it's quite um funny to hear some of the stories where they tell me, our oh, coach D I gave this person the crossover, hit him with a step back three, and that's when they started to respect my Again, not, not just as a girl but as an actual basketball player like do you have mm-hmm. some of those moments
1: yeah I mean I think um, I played for Webbing Thunder National Team boys at under thirteens.
0: okay
1: um, and that was kind of the year I think where I, I realised that everyone was like oh there's a girl on the team um, but that year I think for the team we did really well we made the top 8 in the country and I ended up being nice. the MVP of the team that year wow um and yeah, I, I loved it and I kind of wanted to go again to the under fourteens and unfortunately it was denied and it was time for me to kind of um, play with girls although we kind of wavered it. Right.
0: Didn't
1: didn't happen. Um, and I think I had one or two more years in me. I kept playing um, kind of local league with the boys, but I ended up having to travel to Seven Oaks to play wow. um, National Team Girls, which is about two, two and a half hours away from home
0: commitment goodness me
1: <laughs> commitment wow. for my mom and dad as well
0: <laughs> indeed <laughs> shouts out to them so what um what i don't know was there a moment or a click or just over time like when did you kind of start to realize like man like this is a sport that i really really like and and i really want to in, invest every possible minute i can into it
1: um I mean, growing up, myself and my brother, our parents were always pushing us to try everything. Um, okay. So, growing up, even when I started playing basketball, I was still doing a lot of other sports and, like, football, I used to swim, that kind of stuff. And I think when I realised basketball was kind of the avenue I wanted to take, I was about 13, 14. and okay. um, I remember I used to go train with the under-15 national team wearing the Thunderboys, but then I had to leave early to go swim straight after. Wow. Um, and I kind of, I just didn't want to leave the um, court. Right. And so I kind of <laughs> had to make a decision on what I wanted to do. And that's kind of when I realised, okay, I want to put all my eggs in this basket and see where it takes me.
0: Right, right. That's, that's, that is that is pretty cool from a young age as well that's 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 quite impressive because and at that time was you aware of because um fortunately I was um able to be a part of a few RPCs and as a coach it gave me insight in terms of what a player needs to know in terms of their player pathway and if they want to represent their nation they have to go through certain stages was it at that time being 13 14 was it um made I, I i guess you had your older brother to look at but even then did you have like a clear picture of okay this is the pathway that i need to take or this or is it something you kind of just figured out as you played for the clubs
1: um of course i kind of got an insight through my brother but i don't think it was ever planned in terms of what i wanted i think I always wanted to kind of play at the highest level I could and at that time it was kind of regional um, and then hopefully national team Um, and yeah regional was really important to me and trying to make the team and do that and like Sussex clubs I think I think everyone wants to kind of not only play for their club but then end up going to their region and hopefully going on from
0: there okay and um, how did how did you guys do in the regional tournaments oh that's a long time ago um
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i I mean i think i played two years for regional i think um one was it under 13s is there an under 13s yes yes yeah i did one under 13s and one under 15s um i don't think we ever did great i think at that point it was more like yorkshire and london were always the best two teams kind of going at it um and then after kind of doing that and then getting a part of England teams, I was lucky enough to have the selection. And once you're selected in, you don't necessarily then go and play for your region the next year.
0: Right, right. Wow. And what did it... Because I'm, I'm very curious and I get a mixed reaction from players who've kind of gone through the... Playing for their region, then getting selected to play for the nation and it's been a mixed reviews of some was absolutely ecstatic about getting selected because then all that hard work meant something and Mm. others it was a mixed bag because they were happy to be there but obviously adjusting to that level where any small detail or any small mistake you make it can be punished because the level playing nationally even if it's under mm-hmm. 18s under 16s the level is quite high so for yourself when you got that call up and you were and you made it in to the team what was those initial feelings like?
1: I think um, at the time it was everything like playing for nice. England for me was like everything um, and personally for me I struggled kind of going into there and still having the confidence in my game as i did for my club mm-hmm. and i think a lot of players go through that and i kind of for, for years playing for national teams really um a lot of it was what do the coach want me to do how do i do it right what do i do to like help the team right. rather than i was selected because of how they saw me play before so why am I changing my game when that's the reason I was selected? That kind right. of thing. Right.
0: Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah.
1: So I think I think a lot of people struggle with that, and that's kind of something I like to tell because I did also. Um, and once you're in, you don't change your game. That that's the reason you're in is for your game. Um,
0: right. So, yeah. Right. That's 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 so well said because I kind of found some players kind of having a similar mindset as yourself and they they feel like they need to be more than themselves if that Mm -hmm. makes sense but I guess that's just a conversation that you have with your teammates or your coaches and you kind of knew going in what your role was but kind of just taking a step back a bit did you um, was you given a position to play or did you kind of just develop into the position that you are today if that makes sense um yeah it does i think of course there's structure
1: in those kind of programs so Mm -hmm. um i was given positions don't ask me what it was when i was at age i can't remember (laughs) i'm guessing some kind of guard (laughs) Um, but i was lucky to kind of be in an environment outside of the national team that gave me a chance to kind of play every position um, nice. and I guess that's why I'm quite versatile now I mean for Pitt which I'm sure we'll get into uh, yes, I kind of played from the one to the four in the two years I played okay. um, so like, I really do believe having versatility and trying to learn just different positions and how to defend different players and that kind of thing really helps in the long run
0: right right well said well said and um before getting into Pit you wasn't only selected to represent GB but also be the captain. so um, how how does how does one become a captain and like well I don't know was there any expectations that you took upon yourself being that title?
1: Uh, um, I think I I grew up always trying to be a good communicator. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was quite naturally good at being a leader um, through communication and through my IQ of the game. Right. Um, and it was, of course, an honour to be um, a captain at under 18s and actually co captained with Savannah Wilkinson at under 20s. Um, but it was a. It was a great honour, obviously, not only to play for your country, but to be decided as a captain. And at under-18s, our coach was Lee Ryan, who was obviously my coach at Oakland. Right. So he, he gave me a lot of confidence in kind of being who I was, was good enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and to kind of use my leadership the role I had at Oakland and to try and transfer that into one in the national
0: team. OK, see, I, I'm already getting the impression already that from a early age and and especially it it helps coming from a family of basketball being in programs that produce great players and really teach the sport world that your mindset is complete there so was there any um I don't know any changes in mindset leading into the 2016 Euros in in terms of how you prepared leading up to the Euros or was it just more or less the same mindset and just being more consistent
1: Um, I think I was actually told I think that year or maybe it was the year before I had to get in shape I had skill okay. and I was I had great IQ but I couldn't run up and down the court um, and that was definitely something that opened my eyes up and I think that's what I focused on was how am I going to be able to lead a team if I can't run up and down with them um, right, right This is what I remember anyway. My memory is kind of bad. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that was definitely one big thing that I prepared for was fitness levels. Mm -hmm. Um, 2016, was that the under 18s or the under 20s championship?
0: Under 18s, I believe.
1: Yeah, okay. Then yeah, um, that's kind of the main point I think I kind of did. And obviously trying to get ready by getting extra shots up and
0: stuff like that. Right. See, so yeah, and, and I'm glad you because it's one thing when I tell some of the girls that I coach, it's one thing when they hear it from me, but then it's a, another thing hearing it from the players because sometimes these girls will look at me and be like, coach, why are we running so much? And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, the skill set is there, but like basketball is over four quarters. Mm-hmm. And if it goes into overtime, you need the fitness levels because I've seen, through just basketball in general where it's neck and neck and then usually the team that has a uh, high enough fitness level shows mm-hmm. the separation in the third and fourth quarter yeah, so yeah
1: definitely and don't get me wrong i don't enjoy running <laughs> and I, <feel> like, <laughs> right. I mean i think a lot of people feel the same but you
0: have
1: to do it in order yeah. to play the game um definitely. and i that's still something that i kind of think about and focus on because i think staying in shape is important and that i'm not one of those that can just stop for a while and get up and run for miles i'm not that kind of build Mm -hmm. um so definitely trying to find ways to get in shape is important for me for my game personally
0: right right and moving on now to playing ball over in the states which which is an achievement in itself because i like the fact that over there you're getting the full college experience and mm-hmm. and things that will build you as a as a person and a player so could you just talk through what those initial experiences was like traveling from here over to the states and playing for a pit
1: Oh, um, it was amazing. It, it's nothing imagine, you I can bet. experience um, back here. Oh, I mean, um, I was lucky enough to be in a program that was in the Power Five conference of the ACC. Awesome. Um, and we had everything we could have ever wanted and more. And I, it's crazy. And I mean, we we took chartered flights, so we had a we kind of yeah. Um... <sighs> I couldn't Yeah, that's no, right.
0: Go on. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, we took chartered flights. We got fed constantly, um, oh. the facilities, um, brand new locker room, everything, clothing, like, it, it's, it, I can't even fathom it if I'm honest, and I still think <laughs> it's very excessive, um, but I'm very grateful to be a part of it, and I right. mean, as not only that, I got to experience playing in some of the most historic and amazing arenas, I mean, Talk I played
0: about in it. Goodness Duke, me.
1: North Carolina, Syracuse, um, every like all the ACC teams all have history and have of had course. some great players. I mean, outside of the ACC, I played. Um, How oh, did I play? Um, Georgetown
0: mm-hmm. and places okay. like that.
1: Is yeah, it, it, it's the, the these memories are things I will
0: never forget for sure. I mean, let us just let's just take it baby steps for a minute because when I heard the the chartered flights, I was like, wait a minute. The the most luxurious I've had as a player is like I was getting ecstatic and excited just from taking a minibus to a location. I was like, guys, we're in a minibus right now. This is the lifestyle. When I heard, well, me wait too, a minute, back in England, yeah, you know, <laughs> of course. But when I'm hearing chartered flights, I'm like, wait a minute. You guys are and. It, it got me really thinking that the one thing I absolutely love about all the programs over there is that they really get you prepared for, you know, being a professional, and they, they they really get you media trained because you have your press conferences, you know, pre-game, post-game, and you know, when players make that next step to the WNBA, playing in Europe or the NBA, they've been prepared from the start so
1: yeah it's like, quite funny oh, though um, I remember my brother came to visit and even he was like this is ridiculous this is nicer <laughs> than any pro any pro locker room <laughs> um, and that made me feel good you know um, right but of course like it helps with the media and it helps with um, everything but it comes with a lot of sacrifice and hard work I mean I, that, I remember my freshman year I was I was definitely lucky I, I played and I even started some games for freshman year but before the season had started um so you kind of have phases. So you have like your summer phases which are a lot of conditioning um individual skill work that kind of thing right. and then you have more preseason. um which is then more bringing the team together and kind of finding a culture and a way, a style of play. But mm-hmm. I remember you get, I think around 30 days before your first game, is, it's called official practice. Okay. I remember we had our first day of official practice.
0: Oh no. Um, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Okay.
1: <laughs> I just remember it went from zero to hundred. And although it the <laughs> hard, I, I think 25, 30 minutes in, I was like... What the hell <laughs> am I doing here? <laughs> and that was kind of a wake-up call to be like, like, welcome to college. Yeah, um, I I it bet. was. I remember it's about two and a half, three hours long, and it was just so fast-paced, drill after drill. Like, and from then, you, you do get used to it, but it's something that it's just a different level when nothing can prepare you for it, and it is, it is just crazy looking back on that first official practice day. <laughs>
0: My goodness me. So, I mean, in that first year where you're not playing that many minutes, like, just, could you just speak on, like, what your, I don't know, is there anything that you learn or just saw at a higher level that that you didn't see as much playing back home, just in in terms of, I don't know whether it was the playing style or the teammates or coaching philosophies, stuff like that?
1: I mean, my journey um, through college was a bit different. So my freshman year, I was very lucky. Um, I actually played quite a lot for, nice. for some great coaches. They weren't um, about kind of what year you were, but what they needed at the time. Um, okay. And we were lucky. We actually did a trip to Italy as a team the summer before. Um Amazing. Uh, so we got to play games, and I was kind of to, to mesh together and kind of see people's roles. And unfortunately, one of my teammates had torn her ACL, pre- so I was then put into her um, backup point guard spot. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, I played decent minutes compared to some of my um, teammates who were also freshmen. Right.
0: Um,
1: and I was lucky. But, I mean, um Unfortunately, after my first year, the coaches that kind of recruited me got fired and a new set came in. Um, I think the, the biggest difference was athleticism, speed. Okay. Um, so freshman, sophomore year, we played Notre Dame. Um Oof. Goodness gracious. Who, okay. after my sophomore year, um, their starting five all got drafted in, in the WNBA, yes, and I'm sure that's... in the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and even like um, other teams had players that were also drafted but I think so that was the biggest difference with athleticism, speed. And my teammates, I mean, they just I can't explain it, I guess. They they were a lot of them had already been through one or two years, so they kind of knew and they really helped me in terms of how to get ready for that kind of level.
0: Right. Right. And what um I don't know what inspired you to make that pick for playing for Pip basketball?
1: Um, I was lucky enough to have quite a few options. I, nice. I did a couple of visits to some other schools as well. Um, it just felt right. I can't explain yeah. it. Um, and I'm very indecisive and in the fact that I knew I kind of had to go with it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think... I could have gone to different kind of levels and having the opportunity to play in the the ACC, I mean it's a dream and I wanted to be pushed, Um, I I, I kind of didn't want to be guaranteed anything or any minutes, I kind of wanted to prove myself and to see if I could play at the top level in America, for college college anyway. Um, that's kind of why I made my decision. was not because of anything in particular. It was because of the coaches. It was because of, I liked the feel of Pittsburgh and because I just wanted the
0: opportunity to be pushed, I guess. Right, right. Yeah. Now, talk about... Because, I mean, there's uh, sometimes when I'll be getting nervous from watching a tense game that's going neck and neck and I'm not even in the arena. I'm just watching it on TV with surround sound. Now, <laughs> to be actually on that court, thousands of fans... Coach is screaming out instructions. The defense is calling out your plays. You know, mm. getting the ball, making big shots, free throws. Like how, how, or what was that first year like? And and each season, how did you get more and more comfortable getting used to that type of environment? Um, that is a good question. Uh Yeah, I mean, in England, fans,
1: family, and friends, really. Yes. And to kind of, I remember going into my freshman year I was extremely nervous and having imagine. like eyes on me and yeah. people kind of judging your game and uh, it was it was a good transition because um, pit Women's Basketball we didn't have a great fan following so it was kind of a good introduction
0: okay um
1: but then I think I think it was my freshman year I could be wrong it might have been my second but um we traveled to Syracuse during conference time and it was a fan day
0: Oh, and i course. had about oh,
1: 13, 13 fans in an arena inside of, a, of an american football <laughs> arena so wow. and that was just an experience and i think i hit our first three of the game and
0: oh yeah um, okay tell them
1: it was it was amazing and then every year going to louisville um they have an amazing fan following their female team um it's just it's hard to kind of understand, and you try and keep your focus between the
0: lines. Of course, yeah. like Being
1: from somewhere that that's just not normal. It's exactly. kind of hard to, but you have gotta be grateful for it. Who doesn't Indeed. want to play in a huge arena? And unfortunately, we weren't great in our conference, so we didn't right. really upset a lot of teams on their home court with the big fans. But even having that atmosphere and was it was definitely something to
0: remember. Now. Kinda, please be truthful in this moment if you can. You see where? Because me personally, you know, sometimes when you take a shot and it feels off, but it goes in, so you kind of run back a defense like I'm just gonna have a poker face, act like that was supposed to happen. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, how the heck did that? When you made that three, your 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 first touch of the game in that environment, what was going through your head? Was you like, okay, let's you know, let's let's that's how we're gonna build momentum? Was you like, how the heck did that go? Like. Talk
1: me through that. Um, I was just numb, I think.
0: Okay. Locked <laughs> uh, in, locked
1: in. I guess you could say that. No, of course, it's a great feeling. Uh right. But I was focused on running back on defence because <laughs> right. the Kings at the time were a super fast break, quick team. And if I wasn't back, then they would have already scored. So, right, right. Um, I think for that particular moment, that was definitely my mindset. My, my but I've definitely had shots and moments i'm like what the hell i'm kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of try i'm not the best at poker faces you can see all my emotions on my face so i'm just like okay right, um right. but yeah i think those moments are extremely funny
0: who who did you i'm curious because i've seen a few highlights and because you've got the size to drive take contact shoot create separation like you you've you've i've seen or at least from my assumptions and i could be wrong that, that you've definitely um taken a few pages out of certain players book but you know like in your playing style who would you say you've um adopted your style from just from watching the game uh,
1: that's a very good question um i don't know if i have an answer interesting uh, okay that's cool No, I mean, I I think I was lucky enough to have some great coaches that kind of showed me lots of different styles, different moves. Um, I would say, I guess I play more bully ball than kind of elegant. I Um, would definitely
0: say that. And I think
1: maybe you could say it's kind of similar to kind of the later Paul Pierce when he was a bit less athletic. Okay. Um. But I wouldn't say, I think I admire players uh, and I love watching the game all the time, but I don't think there was anyone in particular that I kind of said, this is what I want my game to be. Like, I was just lucky to be exposed to a lot in the game to kind of choose what felt right and what didn't.
0: Okay. And how how would you say, because, I mean, playing for... GB, you're you're already at that level to compete at a high level, just in terms of fundamentals, IQ, Mm -hmm. now playing over in college where I mean, the the level is so high. I remember I was watching a game, this was a couple years back, um, they had I think the top 12 um, NCAA women players against um, the USA women's Olympic team Mm -hmm. and Going in, I was like, OK, surely the, uh, the national team should absolutely wash these NCAA players. But they were going mm-hmm. back and forth. And I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me that these girls who aren't even in the WNBA are able to compete against players who already got two, three seasons at the highest level. So like, how would you say your game developed, not just physically, but also mentally?
1: Uh, to also piggyback on what you said about their national team, I mean, um, a lot of the teams in, in in our conference at Pitt, they also played the national team, um, so that's kind of the level they were at, and even at Oregon, where um, a fellow Brit, Holly Winterburn, yes. was playing, they obviously beat the national team, um, so it is, the level, especially the power conferences, um, the level is extremely high. Right. Um, but kind of going off what the question was I would just say I always knew like I am not athletic let's be honest I can probably jump over <laughs> a piece of paper <laughs> um, and I think a part of me had to get faster and get more agile and get more athletic through the mm-hmm. weight room through doing extra um, on the court off the court that kind of thing and even being around players that were fast I think Trying to catch up to them makes you faster right um, <laughs> Right. so i mean i had to kind of improve that part of my game but i guess what helped was my iq um although i wasn't the fastest or the my uh, athletic i right. would say i was very good at understanding especially defensively understanding who i'm defending um yes. although we did a lot of kind of preparation for games but i would make sure i kind of knew the types of players I would guard and try and force them to do something else or understand what they're about to do. Um, Mm -hmm. That definitely helped. Um, I think having a quick brain helps your feet move faster. Uh, I like that. Um, I like that. Yeah. Um, And I think another thing, I guess, was just making sure I had a good enough skill to kind of counteract my lack of athleticism Um, and finding something I was good at at that level, which was shooting. Um, shooting and kind of um, helping the team create an offensive rhythm by moving the ball and Mm -hmm. um, creating for others, I would say. Um, But I had to make sure I had a good enough skill to kind of counteract everything else that I didn't.
0: Right, right. And just to touch upon, because you mentioned it earlier in terms of preparation, what's a normal... um, what, I don't know, like what's a normal, let's say you've got a game against a college, like what's, what's a normal day in terms of preparation, like in terms of like training, is there film day for like an hour and then you go stretch, wait room and then come back and watch more film, like how do they um, schedule that type of preparation?
1: It would differ from non-conference to conference time, so okay. November and December would be non-conference and then... January to March would be conference time. Um, I think non-conference, we had a little less... We prepared. It was less, though, especially early days when you didn't know much about the teams. Right. But you would obviously come in, um, have a film session, and then um, go, go and obviously... Work on stuff for the t- for the team you're playing, but also your own stuff. Um, it would differ also because games weren't scheduled ev- the same day every week during the okay, Conference, so right, right. you didn't know if you had two days to prepare, one day, or three days. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would change. Conference time was when the scheduling got kind of more set in stone. Okay. So in the ACC, you play uh, Thursdays and Sundays okay so and uh, for us at Pitt, we had mondays off every week um for treatment and stuff right. so for example if we had monday off tuesday you would watch film um or you'd get given kind of paperwork and stuff to also look for yourself or videos
0: awesome.
1: um and you'd watch film as a team then you'd maybe lift or you'd go on the court and then not only we, for so for females we had male practice players who would kind of um, get taught the other team's plays and or how they play defense and that kind of stuff and we really? them. Yeah, it was really oh, cool. Oh um, wow! Okay. So they would come and kind of, there'd be a specific coach with them who would kind of go through some plays that these teams would run or if they run a certain zone defence or a certain man principle or even um, ball screen defences, they would learn that and then we'd play against them um, in in different ways, half court, full court, that kind of stuff. But then we'd also work on stuff that in general we needed to work on, for example, rebounding. Um, so if that was Tuesday, Wednesday, it might, we might look at, Particular players and what they do, um, or it would be split onto offensive and defensive clips, and then again we'd go on the court for two, two and a half hours and kind of prepare. And then game days, we would come, we'd eat together. About no, I'll lie. Sorry, we come <laughs> <see> and it. <laughs> we had um, it's like pre-game practice. Um, okay which sometimes it didn't feel like a pre-game because i remember a couple of times we were just not there and we would make us run <laughs> oh wow <laughs> okay. yeah, uh, so we kind of come in it'd be about an hour quite light you'd get a load of shots up um and then you'd kind of finalize your your scheme for the game in terms of what you want them to do what we expect them to do and what we want to do to counteract what they do um so we'd kind of run through plays kind of um, a lot of the time that was when we did their out-of-bounds place to kind of familiar, familiarise ourselves with what mm-hmm. they would be do, doing in the sideline or out-of-bounds. Um, and then we'd go eat as a team about three and a half hours before the game. Then you'd have about an hour and a half to do whatever you wanted, if you wanted to sleep in the locker room, if you wanted to watch a movie, whatever you wanted to do. Oh, and then we would have to be changed and kind of taped and on the court
0: by an hour or so before the game and that's kind of when we warm up sorry that was very long-winded <laughs> oh no no i was i was i was literally just just, just dreaming about just all the, it's just i just love that just the whole experience man because mm-hmm. you know that's that's something that i don't know um hopefully because i mean obviously there is programs here that are you know doing their thing in in terms of you know offering the facilities bringing mm-hmm. players up the right way and stuff but obviously in the states they've got the facilities the funding the coaching the just just everything yeah so I just,
1: mean everything possible is obviously taken a lot more seriously out there and what yes. I really enjoy about it is I love structure and organisation I like to know what I'm doing with my day um, what I've got coming up and kind of plan accordingly Um, and I think college basketball like epitomises that is there's a structure you know what day you have off you know when you have team activities you know when practices that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what lacks a lot in England is because we just can't we don't know when the court's available there's a lot of things you can't control but then again I'm very glad I went through all of that and kind of went through playing on some of the worst courts in England because I am even more grateful for kind of the experiences I've had since
0: right right no definitely I I completely agree because I think we're, we're both able to and great players and coaches are able to kind of turn a negative into a positive because i um, i'm not gonna name names but um <laughs> <laughs> let's just say i was um under a coach that was very uh last minute.com so would like yeah. show up to the game like five minutes before rushing. You know, we'd have to change. No time for a warm-up. So when you step on the court, you miss the three. <laughs> coach say, "How did you miss?" I'd be like, "Coach, I have not shot." <laughs> Obviously, I'm, a, I'm not saying that. I'm thinking it. But anyway, it's just like so. Well, you know, I, I remember in the <laughs> w,
1: even in the WBBL, we'd turn up to a game and there might be badminton nets still up, or right. or we because of traffic and the minibus, we'd be late and
0: have ten minutes to warm up. So I know. Right, right.
1: It happens. I kind of want you to know names, though, but I'm not gonna.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But I think just moving forward from that, it's good that we were both able to kind of just use it for a positive, like in terms of with me, like when I coach, I make sure that if we have a game, let's say the game is at two o'clock, I make sure that we meet up at one. Cause even if you're 15, 20 minutes late, you still got time to change, Mm -hmm. socialize, stretch, game prep. Mm -hmm. And then we have time to warm up. I mean, some people say I'm a little bit OCD which, you know, uh, I would agree with in some cases, but yeah, that's, that's just how I um, operate. But with I your... Think, I no, think sorry. kids
1: need... No, you're fine. I, I was going to say, I think kids need structure, though, and I think they enjoy that. And also having that kind of same preparation for each game will help them kind of get ready, I think. Because mm-hmm. they have time mentally, physically to prepare, and I think it's good at that age, for sure.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And in your rookie year, did you um, get much time to... Because obviously, it's it's, it's a lot to take in, just being on Mm -hmm. campus, finding your classes, managing schoolwork and basketball. Did you get time to really settle in and learn your teammates, learn the plays before your first game?
1: Yeah, I think I did. I I don't think we spent enough time together as a whole team I think especially the older ones they kind of had their own kind of lifestyle outside of basketball Um, this is my freshman year anyway and uh, but again I lived in a dorm I lived in a room with one of my teammates and then we had a connecting door through a bathroom with two of my other freshman teammates so I think us as freshmen got a lot of time together and I think what me and some of the older ones did the year just gone with the kind of incoming freshmen was we made sure we had a great relationship off the court and
0: right. I had so my teammates boring.
1: over to my place constantly right. um, and it was. I think it is really important and I love it and I think because if they can trust you in the summer before even the basketball has been passed I think it really helps with communication when we exactly. are on the court together
0: Exactly, now I'm going to ask you from a player standpoint and then um progress it into what you think about coaches but in terms of because you've had so many teammates that you're still in contact with like, how do you know when you're around a good teammate if that makes sense in 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 Mm -hmm. terms of are you aware of how you act how the offense runs defense what the timeouts look like like what Certain qualities do you see from someone that makes you think, okay, like I'm, I'm with a solid teammate.
1: Um, that's a great question. Um, I would just say, obviously, a great communicator. um, But some people don't want to talk a lot at the same time. I've had teammates that might might not want to communicate all the time, but they kind of show through their actions that they're they're willing to kind of put the team first. Um, there's so much I think it really differs I think I think it is great to have different personalities on a team definitely um, and not everyone is going to talk a lot not everyone is, is going to do different things um, mm-hmm. so I kind of looking back and kind of looking at my best teammates I would just say those that you can kind of have open dialogue with and it might get a little fiery on the court of
0: course of but course. as
1: soon as you come off the court yeah. you're good again
0: right um
1: I think as an older player you, you do have to kind of help help the freshmen and the younger ones to kind of understand the culture and expectations of even attitude-wise and effort-wise um, what, what they need to bring. Uh, it's it's hard to say because right, right. I've had different teammates with completely different styles of being a teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I don't want to say one personality is better than the other, but it yes. all comes down to kind of doing what's right for the team and that kind of thing. I think.
0: Right now, I've I'm I'm definitely going to say I've uh, been that coach in my early years, yeah, where I would get on players nerves because I, w- I was still finding my way as a coach and finding my own
1: philosophy
0: and um with yourself um, having been under many great coaches how how do you know now when you're in a training session on game day game prep timeouts you know one-on-one conversations with coaches um what qualities do you look for in a coach that's going to help you develop your game and like how do you know that you know that the coach actually has my back in this
1: Um, I think yeah like you said I've had great t- coaches and but at the same time I've had some coaches that I don't think did have my back um, okay. I would say a great coach is one that's adaptable well um, said. Yeah. I, I think it's of course the X and O's are super important but at the end of the game you don't know what's going to happen. Can you kind of improvise with your knowledge and kind of finish the game off? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think also I like a coach that is open to player, I guess player um, ideas. I'm not saying the player becomes a coach, but right, right. we're we're kind of out, especially at this level, we're out there kind of seeing things. And yes. for me, um, I see something on the court. I'm like well they're not they're not going to help off me so if our point guard drives my way they're either going to have a wide open layup or they're going to dish it to the big because the big right. has had to come and help Right. Um, and just little things like that or I'd be like a coach like, this player can't defend the screen if we set a back screen on them, we're going to be like that kind of thing and kind right. of been open to dialogue right. without without me being disrespectful to the culture or to the style that they want to play. Of course. Um, so I think adaptability is huge as a, as a coach, but um, there, there's a lot of good attributes a coach can have. I right. think I would, to, to make it short, I would say adaptability is definitely one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. And uh, I can just tell that you, you've... you um. Obviously playing at that high level. I love the fact that you're you're playing what I like to say is basketball chess, just in terms of they make a move and you're making the read in terms of they can't defend the screens. So or if we set a back screen, this is where we can exploit their weakness and things oh. like that. So I love that. Now this is a I mean you've got so many highlights that could run through your mind in this moment if you had to pick one or two that, that really oh my gosh. <laughs> stand out. And I knew that side was gonna come because I'll be have to like, boy, now I have to go down memory lane. This is where I have to think about the three that I made the and one. Which one was so which 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 ones stand out to you the most?
1: Um I'm very indecisive, so I'm gonna have to
0: give you a few. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> <No problem. laughs>
1: I mean I would definitely say the year with Oaklands that we were undefeated, I think as a team we were just super close and that was a really fun year to kind of go through. So that that's one kind of big moment I would say. It was a long moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say playing at the Copper Box Arena for the WBBL.
0: Awesome. Um, yes,
1: yes. Yeah, I mean, to do that with friends and family all coming to watch. We didn't win, unfortunately. Um, I had a decent game, but wasn't enough to kind of win, which is right. sad. But I guess playing playing in England, but playing in an arena like that was, was big. i right. um, got two more for you. No, of course, go for <laughs> and, it, go for it. <laughs> uh, I must give a shout out to kind of playing, I played at Brixton for a year. Yes. Um, and obviously getting to know Steve Veer as a coach and as a person, he's he's been someone that's helped me throughout um, my journey re- most it recently. Um, and then I will say after
0: oh gosh um, I feel like I should be doing after, a drum roll <laughs> <Just no. laughs> do, 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 do. and the last and, one is <laughs> I would say
1: my first ACC game uh, my oh, parents course. were actually were actually out at the time They had, it was at Virginia and they had driven from Pittsburgh to Virginia to come and watch wow. um, and I had a decent game but I think kind of my first ever piece of the ACC
0: I must give a little shout out to as well Definitely, definitely. See, I'm. I i do not know if if you said that because you're hard on yourself or you actually had had a decent game. But what what, what do you mean by a decent game? <laughs> um, a decent game in England is
1: different to a decent game in okay. England. Okay, talk think. about
0: it. I like that. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, I don't know if I should. Um, <laughs> um, I would say a decent game for me. I had um very high expectations, especially in England, because. I kind of had obviously those Great Britain and England selections, and it was to prove I should be in them. Yes. Um, uh, so I mean, in a WBL, a decent game for me would be twenty plus at that time, twenty plus points. But not just that, but either wins or helping my team trying to trying to get close, being competitive.
0: Right.
1: I think in in college, especially my first year. It was really just making good decisions and kind of helping the team with mobility, offensive movement and just making the right choices, I think. Um, And obviously taking shots and actually defence was very much more important in college Mm -hmm. than it was
0: before. Right, right. That that was such a, literally, I I, I put my fist in the air as you made that that, that adjustment from, you know, playing 20 points to decision-making, because I don't think it's... Um, I don't know. Uh, for some reason, it's not valued the same as, like, do you want to watch a game where someone scores 30 points or do you want to watch a game where someone just making the right mm-hmm. IQ reads and defence? And obviously, everyone wants something different, but, like, mm-hmm. me personally... I would hold making great decisions as a player just as high as someone who scores 30 a night. Even though 30 a night is entertaining, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. it's it's amazing to see, and it makes for a nice little hoops mixtape. But like seeing someone who makes the right reads is is just poetry.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's hard because a lot of decision making or the little things that you do don't always show up kind of on a stat sheet. um, Exactly, and don't I think. I did underachieve in terms of scoring in college as a, a five, but I still was able to play because I believe my my decision making and kind of my yeah my IQ was was high enough to kind of still benefit the team. And mm-hmm. I had, like you said, I think it's underrated. You can't have five players that all want to score constantly. Oh, I'm um, you. you need those players that kind of are the gel and make decisions, or even just realize, okay, we've had the ball on the right side for the last three offensive. We have right. to swing it. We have to exactly. reverse it. And those little things that maybe people don't see, but really they just honestly help with the flow of the game, and they help those
0: scorers kind of get get buckets. <laughs> right. Was there any um? Was there any moments? playing for Pitt where you was able to was like, you was up against a tough competition but you was really able to prove that you guys was able to compete if that makes sense
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah I mean there were quite a few games we got close in the ACC um, I think one example was my freshman year we played Duke at home um, I think Duke were ranked at the time maybe 10 okay I would want to say I might be completely wrong but they had um, oh, I can't remember her name Kelsey uh, no. Was it? no no no, she's no. Um, oh, what's her last name or oh, was it Kelsey I can't remember oh. that's really bad because I, I know exactly who I'm talking about but I am not but so um, she the next year she was actually um, drafted um, in the WNBA and she's having a great career but um, we were right there. Um, we had a great game. They they hit us. We hit back. We were, I think, up at one. I think coming into the fourth quarter and the last three four minutes, she just went off. Oh wow! Um, wow! It was yeah. I mean, it it was good to see. Obviously kind of that kind of performance but not when you're playing against it right of course I think, but that was definitely a game that we proved we were able to play and we had a lot of games that that we could play we just couldn't finish it off they kind Mm. of a lot of other teams had that one player that could kind of just go off and finish a game and I think we lacked that
0: right right and um another tough question I (laughs) apologise in advance because I can just I can just already hear the (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> okay on. you have be <laughs> another one now all right <laughs> well, um what what would you like to see change just in terms of how girls are introduced to basketball and not just basketball just sports in general whether that's with um having more facilities available whether that's having more Programs that are nearby, you're running school programs like. Just, what's your thoughts on like how y- you was introduced into basketball, and if you would like to see anything change to make the transition a little bit more easier and uh, accessible?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I would just say I was very lucky because I was introduced through family and through being around the game, when a lot of people aren't that fortunate. Um, I would just say. I think from a younger age trying to encourage and give confidence to young girls to put themselves out there in team sports, I think, I I, I think team sports does a lot and teaches you a lot. And I mean, as a young child, having those kind of friends as well is amazing, but Mm -hmm. I would just say as as a girl, they need to sometimes be pushed or encouraged to try new sports But then again, it needs to be available for them. Um, Right, right. And I think think nowadays it's a much better than it was. Um, I think girls' programmes are popping up more and often around the country. Right. But then when you do get these girls, how are you introducing them to the game and how can we keep them in the game? Or in Mm -hmm. any sport is kind of... The hardest part is I think a lot more girls kind of quit at a younger age. Right. Or, uh, and then the boys. And I, I think we've got to find a way to encourage and kind of give them reasons to stay in sport.
0: Right. Right. Completely. Completely. Um, Final two questions. Uh, With playing at Pitt, what mm-hmm. valuable lesson... Did or what would you say the most important lesson you learned um, playing for Pip, Would you say on the court or off the court? Uh, oh, both. Uh, um. Oh. <laughs> on. <laughs> on the Kinda court. Like, I if think... this coach asked me one oh, more no. difficult question, I swear to God, i <laughs> So I, I
1: also just have to say because it popped up in my head from the last question. I think. Yes. Girls need to also see other girls doing the sport they're doing. Awesome. I don't think I don't think it's exposed enough on TV. It's not in the media, and right. there are a lot of like a lot of women I think that would love to share their story with younger girls who are aspiring to be like them. And the kind right. of how do you, how do you connect them? Right, is, is important. Sorry, but um, no, of course, important lessons lessons I've learned. Um, on the court, I would just also say again, be myself. I think. Um you don't always have to be the most athletic you, you don't have to be anything I think if you distinguish yourself through certain skills through IQ and if, if you're in good shape I think that's kind of the most important thing um, and I just kind of learn communication in general mm-hmm. um, I think off the core, organisation and kind of how to structure your life around basketball Right. Um and to kinda of open yourself up to more opportunities. I think off the court I try to always generally make good connections with people. Um right. I love I love hearing about other people's stories. Um and it's actually incredible how much they enjoy telling them when you're interested. Indeed. So I would just say kind of open yourself up to, to hearing other people's stories and what they've been through. Because also those connections will come back and help you in the long run and yes. i'm not saying to do it because of that
0: right but right. when you
1: build relationships you always have people in your corner and you're obviously in theirs and i think nowadays especially in sport it's about who you know and if you can show them how genuine and how much you want a connection a relationship they will always come back to
0: help you mm-hmm. well said <laughs> well said i could just tell that the that, that, um the Media training that you've had at Pitt, and even before. Well, actually, was that something to get used to over in Pitt, like having a game, speaking with the media before the game, speaking with the media, and and how did you um, get used to something like that?
1: Um, I think I, I've always been pretty good at talking, <laughs> talking to people. <laughs> right, but that helped. No, um, we actually had some media and social media like you would say training just to kind of say look you're representing a university here you have people looking up to you you've got to use your platform in a particular way Um, and on social media how are you presenting yourself Um, obviously because things nowadays on the internet are always going to be there Um, that kind of thing and I think it definitely helped having media around and asking questions as a freshman they want to know how you're coming in and i want to know things about you um i think what also helped was kind of going through my health issues and i just i haven't decided but i allowed Pitt to kind of make it public um okay so i had a lot of a lot of people coming to me wanting to talk and the reason i did it was to help others maybe going through something similar or the same and um and i try and use my voice and my platform
0: to kind of help others with, I don't know how I do it. <laughs> right, right, and and for those who um don't know what you're referring to, I mean only if you're um comfortable, I mean, if you would like just yeah, to um talk about what kind of um you had to kind of take a step back um um away off the court because of some um health issues.
1: Yeah, um, so try not to bore everyone, but at the end of <laughs> last year, so I think uh, end of August, I wasn't feeling great i woke up with a bad stomach was throwing up for about 12 hours i was being really stubborn Uh, ended up (laughs) my my roommate forced me to go to the hospital um i ended up having appendicitis so that day they had to remove my appendix a few weeks later i got a call from doctors and um i kind of went to see them and they had told me they found a, a two and a half centimeter cancerous tumor inside the appendix they removed so then I had to go through some treatment, I had, luckily didn't go through chemo, mm-hmm. I uh, had to have half of my colon removed and then restapled with the rest of my small intestines. So I, I took about six weeks out to deal with all that and then I tried to make a comeback and I just wasn't ready to play so right. I decided to kind of redshirt the year so I could get it back. Um, mm-hmm. But for now I'm all good. I had my first scan in January and everything's looking good and no amazing.
0: no cancer has come up, so we're good for now. Amazing, amazing. Like all the all the best for the future. And it's, it's it, it was good, because I was watching that interview and it was nice just how important the coaches and the teammates was just completely all there surrounding you and just helping you. So having a big support mm. system really, really does help. Yeah, for sure definitely and the last one is why you've mentioned it earlier in in terms of some of the principles that you've learned from Mm -hmm. being in basketball why is basketball so important to you Kyla (sighs)
1: sorry I keep saying I don't even realize I'm doing it um there's a lot of reasons um I think it gives me structure yeah It teaches me a lot that you can take in any other aspects of life. It gives me an outlet to be competitive. Um, And I love being around other people, Um, having building connections with teammates and even staff or even people anywhere else, I think. And it it has given me a platform to try and kind of use, use my life and help others,
0: hopefully. No, of course, definitely. (laughs) Definitely my goodness. Wait, I got so why why is basketball important to you? Oh, flip of the switch. I like it. Yeah, wow. Okay. For for me personally, it's okay, we're gonna get deep. All right, uh, this <laughs> is now the Kyler podcast. Okay. Um... <laughs> now, I think for me, um I was speaking about it early in the very first um episode of this podcast. I think I love the fact that getting into it at the time in high school it was all about football Mm -hmm. and I love the fact that I could just have the whole court to myself and I was telling some of the listeners that um there was no jump in my shot I literally just keep my feet glued to the ground and I would just 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 (laughs) throw it up at the neck which was quite embarrassing but for me it's a lot about being organized as you said it's it's something that i'm passionate about and i'm literally just up every day of the week whether it's watching nba wmba euroleague it's just something that i can't get enough of you know so mm-hmm. i'm 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 just a absolute geek absolute nerd love the sport and and there's there's nothing more than especially i think me being a coach there's those proud moments as a as a coach where you're working with especially with some of the young kids where you could be working with a Twelve-year-old on layups or making a jump shot, and he hits that shot in a game, and he looks back at you, and you're like, "I'm not gonna cry. Good job, <laughs> you know, just compose yourself. A good job. Like those moments is is absolutely priceless, and you and you see the the growth and development, and it definitely builds character, you know, because like you're mm-hmm. saying, how you have some teammates who come on the court and you know their presence straight away, mm-hmm. whereas you got some who you still know their presence but they might not be vocal they might lead by example you know or, mm-hmm. or certain ways in body language or stuff like that so it basketball itself gives people from all backgrounds and and all um qualities just to, to show themselves in a way that maybe outside of basketball they might not feel comfortable showing mm-hmm. if that makes sense so that was a super yeah, long no, winded um well how do you think i feel i've been
1: talking (laughs) (laughs) no i'm very grateful for basketball it's let me see the world and see places i would never have probably seen without it
0: right right awesome awesome right guys that is the she got game part two featuring the one and only kyla i want (laughs) to thank you so much for your time kyla of course thank you for having me and i hope that was okay no of course this is myself (laughs) and kyla signing out